Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Our next guest is an NFL pioneer. When the league was basically a men's club, Amy Trask went from an intern in the Raiders' legal department in the early 1980s to the team's chief executive in 1997, a job she held until resigning two years ago. Today, of course, she's an analyst for that other pregame show, which airs Sundays at 9 a.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. A panelist for We Need to Talk, the first all-female nationally televised sports program. That's also on CBS Sports Network, and you can find it on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. And an author working on a book called You Negotiate Like a Girl on her experiences as an (laughs) NFL executive. Amy Trask, you're a busy woman. Thanks for joining us. Well, men, thank you for uh, inviting me. It really, you know, this is stated often, so I can't underscore how sincerely I mean this. It is an absolute privilege to join the three of you. As we were joking around just a moment ago, I feel that collectively we've known one another a million years, and it is both a privilege and a pleasure to join you. Thank you. Thank you. You may be conservative with that estimate, Amy. <laughs> um, well, shh, let's not get it out. <laughs> let's not get it out. Hey, listen, speaking of years, uh, you were a poli-sci major at Cal, right? I was. So how did that prepare you for life in the NFL, or better yet, the Raiders? I don't know that the political science major prepared me, um, whether it did or it didn't contribute. What prepared me is what I believe prepares all of us, education. Education, critical analysis, critical thinking. Education prepared me, not necessarily the major, but I do love my major. I focus on the sociology of voting behavior, so I'm a little bit of an election nerd as well. Amy, what, what was the best part of working for the Raiders, and what was the worst part? Well, there's not a moment that I don't consider it, um, or I didn't and don't consider it a privilege to have worked for Al and the organization and to have been a Raider. You know, were there moments that were exasperating, infuriating, frustrating? Um, Absolutely. Did Al and I argue and fight with one another and scream at one another and disagree with one another? Absolutely. But I would not have traded a minute of that for anything. you know, if you were to ask me to pick the best, best, best part, game day. Game day, the actual game. Oh, game day and training camp. You know, just football, going up to training camp, watching a team practice and ready itself for the season. And then game day when you look at the team on the field and, and you kick that ball off and here we go. But you know, Amy, I knew Al as a reporter and I was fortunate also to know, know him as a guy who he would periodically call up ask for my opinion, and then tell me why I was wrong for about 20 minutes. Uh, so, uh, But you were on the inside with him, and, and I'm just wondering, you know, what was it like to work with him day by day, uh, you know, be in these daily meetings, he could be an intimidating guy because uh, he was such an intelligent guy. And how much do you think the Raiders miss him? Well, I'll answer that in a few respects, but let me tell you one other thing I forgot on the previous answer, the fans. When I talk about game day and I talk about my favorite parts of my job, it was game day and it was the game itself, of course, and it was the fans and interacting with them on game day. But to answer the present question, I was never intimidated by Al. I do understand that Al intimidated many people. I do understand that there's an aura of intimidation that people associate with Al. I never experienced that. And from my perspective and based on my experience, I can tell you that the number one misconception about Al is that he wouldn't tolerate or abide any disagreement. Let me tell you something, men. If disagreeing with him 
and arguing with him were unacceptable to him, I would have been fired less than one one month into my job. (laughs) I've been there only two or three weeks when I was in a meeting and, and he came in and I shared with him quite forcefully that I believed he was wrong. And we yelled and we screamed and he cussed and having only been there two or three weeks, I wasn't yet cussing. But, or no, I cussed a lot, just, just not at the owner. I wasn't yet cussing at the owner. That came later. But the fact is that after this disagreement, at one point, he looked at me and he said, okay, you know, I got it. I got it. And that was that. And, you know, that may have set up the paradigm for an almost 30-year relationship of working with one another. I did disagree with Al when I believed it was appropriate, and frankly, that was quite often. But what I learned was you don't simply disagree. You explain why you disagree. You back up your disagreement in the best manner you can, and you have a a reasoned, if not loud, cuss-filled argument, and then you make a decision and you move on. We're with former Raiders executive Amy Trask, whom you can now catch on the CBS Sports Network. And Amy, we're not going to argue with you, but we will question you here. And the question I've got for you is, what was the most challenging experience for you with the Raiders? Wow, there were tremendous, tremendous challenges, um, business challenges, football challenges, of course. And I'll tell you, one of the things I found the most challenging was understanding that it did not matter how well I did my job. It did not matter what decisions I made. When that ball was kicked off, I had absolutely no control over the outcome of the game. So kickoff occurred. I couldn't run in and block. I couldn't tackle. I couldn't act as a you know, a safety up top and come over and help a corner who might be struggling against a receiver. You know, I couldn't be that single high safety. I couldn't move over and slide down and help the left tackle block. No matter what I did in my job, ultimately, when that ball was kicked off, I had zero control over what occurred on the field, and that was very challenging to accept. Amy, as a female in a male-dominated business, especially in the 80s and 90s, did you find your gender work for you or against you, either within the organization or throughout the NFL? You know, people don't, I shouldn't say they don't believe me when I say this, because I don't know what people ultimately choose to believe or not, but they look at me quizzically when I say this, but it's the honest-to-goodness truth. I never spent one moment thinking about my gender. I did my job. It always struck me as counterintuitive for me to think about my gender while wanting others to disregard my gender. So I never walked into a league owner's meeting or a meeting in the league offices, or a meeting with bankers or business partners thinking I'm a woman or thinking about my gender, because it just strikes me as very silly for a woman to do that if the last thing she wants is for anyone with whom she's interacting to think about her gender. But you're absolutely right to point out that the world was a lot different in the 80s and 90s. When Al took me with him to the first two-per-club owners meeting, well, the first owners meeting I attended with him was a two-per-club meeting. And there was a very, very noticeable silence when the meeting convened and people realized I was taking that seat right next to Al Davis. That room grew very, very quiet. I certainly wasn't concerned about it. Number one, I was walking in the room behind Al Davis, and I figured he was going to be a pretty good fullback for me. And number two, why should I worry about it? I mean, what, what, what value is there to me in wasting one moment of my time worrying about whether others are bothered by my gender. They want to worry about it, let them worry about it. Amy, as you sat there in the room, did you have the the voting trend all figured out? (laughs) Well, you know what? 
here's something funny. You were there all those years when Al abstained and abstained and abstained, and he did so, and then ultimately I did so for the Raiders for legal reasons. And sometimes they weren't always legal reasons. Sometimes Al just thought that the matters being voted upon were so ridiculous it didn't deserve a yes or a no. But I, I ultimately put an end to that practice. After, I, after resolving all of our litigation, settling all of our disputes with the league, I put an end to the practice of abstaining. And on every matter, I voted yes or no. And frequently, we would vote no. And some of the owners would get a bit annoyed. And I said to them, oh, bet you wish we'd go back to abstaining now, don't you? <laughs> I once said to Al one time, could you just vote for one thing before I retire, please? Something, whatever it might be. You know, and he just sort of laughed at me. <laughs> You know, Clark mentioned that you were a pioneer, uh, Amy. When I think of pioneers, I think of Lewis and Clark. You don't look like either Lewis or Clark, fortunately. Uh, but do you consider yourself a, a pioneer, quote-unquote? No, I don't. Uh, I, I reserve that word for people who have accomplished vast, vast societal change, who've fomented societal differences. Rosa Parks was, was a pioneer. She said, I'm not moving to the back of the bus. That's a strong woman. That's a pioneer. I was afforded an opportunity. I certainly seized that opportunity with with gusto, and and I appreciated the opportunity. But I've never considered myself a pioneer. How did working for the Raiders prepare you for what you're doing now? I mean, for someone who worked behind the scenes for so long, I mean, you were out of sight for a long period of time. How do you like working in front of cameras now? Well, a it didn't prepare me at all because you <laughs> saw me. And you sure. saw that when there was a camera in the vicinity, I <laughs> ran the proverbial 4440. Okay? If there was a camera there, I could run faster than Willie Golf or James Jet in the opposite direction. That's why I was asking. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, after I resigned my position, I, I woke up the next morning and I, I did not have an idea, a concept, a hint, a suggestion what I was going to next do. What would be my next adventure? And um, there you go. I, I sort of thought, wow, what's the next adventure? CBS contacted me. We had a number of discussions, the first of which I said, not being on TV, this conversation's over. And here I am a couple of years later, and it's, it's interesting, but I'm absolutely unequivocally unprepared for it. Like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, where are the Raiders in three years? Are you talking about in terms of where the team is located? Yes, ma'am. Or are you talking about, you know, I hope the answer to that is enjoying a long playoff run. So if you're asking where they are from a football standpoint, my hope for Raider fans, the Raider Nation, is that the team is doing well. If you're talking about from a location standpoint, I don't believe any of us yet know how that story will ultimately end. I do believe that there will be a team or teams in Los Angeles in the very near future. It is conceivable that if there are two teams, we could see the Rams and the Raiders. We could see the Chargers and the Raiders. We don't know yet how that story will be written. Uh, Oakland has a magnificent, magnificent site for a stadium. I think it's the best location in the NFL. It's got tremendous ingress and egress. It's right on a freeway, and it is the only stadium in the league that is that well served by public transportation. But that said, the team needs a new stadium. Uh, if it wishes to stay within the market, as market is defined by the league, it can fly down the road and share in Santa Clara. I understand that the team has articulated repeatedly that it won't do that. The league can certainly say, okay, 
um, we're not going to make you share the stadium. And I don't believe the league will make the team share a stadium. But the league, on the other hand, could say, fair enough, you don't want to share a stadium, but that is within the definition of your market because your market is your location and the 75 miles around it. If you don't want to share, that's okay, but you've got to find another solution in your market. Or the league can allow the team to move to Los Angeles, and I don't yet know what the end of that story will be. Amy, I don't know if the Raiders are going down the road, but unfortunately we have to. We're out of time. (laughs) But uh, thanks for the time, and best of luck with that next adventure. It is an absolute delight to reconnect and speak with each of you. I look forward to speaking again. Thanks, Thanks, Amy. That was former Raiders executive Amy Trask, whom you can now catch on the CBS Sports Network, both as an analyst and a panelist. When we return, we'll talk about her impact on women in the NFL. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.